since it's April, I always like reading this poem in the beginning of the beginning of the month. Just this is a way of sort of like indicating that the, uh, the that we've gotten past winter. Um, this is from Victim Soleil's Dance Praise. It's a dance poem, and, and, and when I was writing Victim Soleil's Dance Praise, I had this idea that I was going to write a dance of the season, so there'll be, so there'll be 12 um, poems for each month, and then I got to April, um, and then realized I had nine more months to go. <laughs> and stopped. But anyway. April. Suddenly, the legs want a different sort of work. This is because the eyes look out the window and the sight is filled with hope. This is because the eyes look out the window and the street looks a fraction better than the day before. This is what the eyes tell the legs whose joints become smeared with a fresh sap which would bud if attached to a different limb. The legs want a different sort of work. This is because of the ears hear what they've been waiting for, which cannot be described in words that makes the heart beat faster, as if one had just found money in the street. The legs want to put on a show for the entire world. The legs want to reclaim their gracefulness. This is because the nose at last finds the right scent and tugs the protesting body onto the dance floor. This is because the hands, stretching out in boredom, accidentally brush against the skirts of the world. I'm going to read a few jazz poems, and then I'm going to um, close with um, poems from Brutal Imagination. The later songs of Billie Holiday. Her voice, rough trick of will and breath, erodes out, even knowing she's beyond all trouble now. It's a worry to listen. The cabaret law, what was it? Gone like spats. Now her trumpet of a throat begins to weed. She works harder to convince these nodes to stay, to treat her right. Bessie Smith. I notice an arm crooked out of an open car window in California and dream her sleeve as the car in front of us hugs a curb. Unbidden trick of light, now she briefly returns from wherever things wander, abused and waves. August breeze cooling sweat off her tuned and haunted skin. Why was I born? a duet between John Coltrane and Kenny Burrell. So why, asked the guitarist and the saxophonist, a genius, a lover, sidesteps the question, blows a kiss instead. Then they both begin to speak like bourbon being poured into a glass at which bar? The eternal one, bathed in the open light of the test pattern, the one where the phone booths are all functional, but so... Better here than your shitty apartment. His, her scent on the bedsheets until wash day. Perhaps longer, better here than finding lipstick on a bathroom glass. His brand of cigarette on the dresser. Their melody is the touch you now wish you'd never learned. The caress of fingers and breath that promise, promised. What hurts is beautiful. The 
perusers of the lyric. Photo of Miles Davis at Lenny's on the Turnpike, 1968. New York grows slimmer in his absence. I suppose you could also title this picture of Miles, his lettery squint, the grace in his fingers, a sliver of the stuff you can't get anymore. As the rest of us wonder, what was the name of the driver of that truck? And the rest of us sigh, death is one hell of a pickpocket. Photo of Dexter Gordon about the solo, 1965. To get the drift of this photo, think of the, of the relationship between the sax and the player's mouth as two halves of an exclamation point. What I mean is, tonight Dex means business ear mischief must tear down the house and nobody huh, forced you to come here. Huh? Did they think of a warrior's narrow sense of duty if you want to envision his dark suit or the way a pool hustler chocks his cue to understand the way Dex's fingers adjust his mouthpiece. What I mean is, Dexter Garn's about to take that deep breath, the kind Superman took when he was too lazy to waste muscle on the bad guys. A shock of wind, a what hit us, and he could pick them up whenever he chose. Lead belly. You can actually hear it in his voice. Sometimes the only way to discuss it is to grip a guitar as if it were somebody's throat and pluck. If there were a ship off of this planet, an arc where the blues could show its other face, a street where you could walk, just walk without dogged air at your heels, at your back. Don't you think he'd choose it? Meanwhile, here's the tune. Bad luck, empty pockets, trouble walking your way with his tin ear. Berry. Hamburger wizard, long, loose limb instigator, V8 engine, pouring for a storm. The evidence of a tight skirt viewed from the window of a moving city bus, yelling her name, a spell into the glass. The amazing leap from nobody to stockholder, look ma, no hands, pipe through a hot amp. Figure skater on the rim of the invisible class wall. The strength of the dreamer who wakes up, and it's Monday, a week of work, but gets out of bed. The unsung desire of the checkout clerk, the shops of the sleepy backwater town waiting for the kid to make good, the chauffeur home, the twang of the New Jersey turnpike in the wee wee hours, the myth of the lover as he passes blameless through the walls, the fury hidden in the word, almost, the fury hidden in the word, please. The dream of one's name in lights, of sending the posse on the wrong road, shaking the wounded Indian's hand, a brother, 
the pulse of a crowd, knowing that the police have pushed in the door, dancing regardless. The frenzy of the word, go! The frenzy of the word, go! The frenzy of the word, go! The spark between the thought of the kiss and receiving the kiss. The, tense, the tension in these words, you can't dance. The amazing duck walk, the understanding that all it's going to take is one fast song. The triumph in these words, bye-bye New Jersey, as if rising from a shallow grave. The shoulder, the shoulder jerk who plots doo-wop songs. The well-intentioned business school student who does what she's told but suspects they're keeping it hid. Mr. Rock and Roll, jump over or get left behind. Mr. Taxes, who me? Money beat, money beat, you can't catch me, but they do. A perpetual well of quarters in the pocket, the incalculable hit of energy in the voice of a 16-year-old as her favorite band hits the stage, and 10,000 pair of eyes look for what they're after, more, and 10,000 voices raw for it, more, and a multitude you wouldn't care the count surrounds the joint, waits for their opportunity to break in. One more. Alabama, Circular 1963, a ballot by John Coltrane. But shouldn't this state have a song? Long gliding figures of my breath of breath loss. Somebody can't sing because somebody's gone. Somebody can't sing because somebody's gone. Shouldn't this landscape hold a true anthem. What you can't do, whom you can't invent, where you can't stay, why you won't keep it. But shouldn't this state have a song? And shall we call it my face will murder me and shall we call it I'm not waiting And I'm going to close with poems from Brutal Imagination. And, and the premise of the book, people don't know the book, it's, um, it's about the imaginary guy that Susan Smith claimed murdered, um, um, kidnapped, carnapped her two children when in fact she had strapped them to the backseat of the family car and rolled the car into the lake um, in um, uh, the John D. Long Lake just outside of Union, South Carolina. And for nine days, um, people were looking for this guy. Um, and took nine days for the, for the authorities to, to, to break her story and get her to confess what, what really happened. And the premise of the book is what would happen if that guy was alive and had been alive for those nine days and walking around and um, could talk. What was the story? What, what would be his story? How I Got Born. Though it's common belief that Susan Smith wheeled me alive in the moment her babies sank into the lake. When called, I come. My job is to get things done. I am piecemeal. I make my living by taking things. So now a mother needs me clothed in hand-me-downs and a knit cap. Whatever. We arrive, bereaved, on a stranger's step. 
baby they weep. Poor child. My heart. Susan Smith has invented me because nobody else in town will do what she needs me to do. I mean, jump in an idling car and drive off with two sad and frightened kids in the back. Like a bad lover, she has given me a poisoned heart. It pounds both our ribs, black, angry, nothing but business. Since her fear is my blood and her need part mythical, everything she says about me is true. Who am I? Who are you, mister? One of the boys asks from the eternal backseat, and here is the one good thing. If I am alive, then so briefly are they. Two boys returned, three and one, quiet and scared, bunched together, breathing like small beasts. They can't place me, yet there's something familiar. Though my skin and sex are different. Maybe it's the way I drive. Or occasionally glance back with concern. Maybe it's the mixed blessing someone, perhaps circumstance, has given us. The secret thrill of hiding, childish. In plain sight, seen, but not seen, as if suddenly given the power to move through walls, to know every secret without permission. They roll sleepless through the dark streets, but inside the cab is lit with brutal imagination. Once the um, photos, um, uh, uh, what should I say, the, the, um, once the drawing, the composite drawing of the, of the guy went on the AP wire, people started seeing the guy um, and the kids in the car all over the country and started calling in sightings of him. Sightings. A few nights ago, man swears he saw me pump gas with the children at a convenience store like a punchline you get the next day or a kiss in a dream that returns while you're in the middle of doing something else. I left money in his hand. Mr. Blank, who lives in blank South Carolina of average height and a certain weight, who may or may not believe in any of the basic recognized religions, saw me move like an angel in my dusky skin and knit hat. Perhaps I looked him in the eye. Ms. Blank saw a glint of us on which highway on the street that's close to what landmark. She now recalls the two children in the back appeared to be behaving. Mr. Blank now knows he heard the tires of the car everyone is looking for crunched the gravel as I pulled up in the wee hours at the motel where he works the night desk. I signed or didn't sign the register. I took or didn't take the key from his hand. He looked or forgot to look as I pulled off the park in front of one of the rooms at the back. Did I say I was traveling with kids? Who slept that night in the untouched beds? Where am I? 
Looking for Michael and Alex means that the bushes have not whispered, that the trees hold only shade, that the lake still insists on being a lake. I flicker from TV to TV. My flyer sits on the grandmother's easy chair. I hover over so many lawns, so many cups of coffee. I pour from lip to lip. The town blossoms in yellow rib ribbons, sprinkled like breadcrumbs or bait. I crackle from cell phones and shortwave. I am listened for in alleys. Looking for Michael and Alex means each car is scanned at the drive-through windows, that sightings are hoped for at the self-serve pumps. Crooks long for the crook of my arm, reaching for diapers and snacks. So many days I have loped from ear to ear, from beauty parlor to church. They count the days till someone comes back. We've never left. The law. I'm a black man, which means in Susan's case that I pour out of a shadow at a traffic light, but... I'm also a mother, which is why she has me promise I won't hurt your kids before I drift down the road. I am a mother, which is why we sing, have mercy, come home. No questions asked, but I'm black, and we both know the law. Who's going to believe that we had no choice but to open that door? Who's going to care that it was now or never, that there was no time to unbuckle them, that it was take the car or leave the car. I'm black, which means I mustn't slow down. I float in forces I can't always control, but I'm also a mother, which is why I hope I'm as good as my word. Composite. I am not the hero of this piece. I am only a stray thought a solution. But now my face is stuck to lampposts, glued to, to plate glass. My forehead gets stapled to my hat. I am here and here I am not. I am a door that opens and out walks. No one can help you. Now I gaze straight into your eyes from bulletin boards, tree trunks. I am papered everywhere. A blizzard called. You see what happens? I turn up when least expected. If you decide to buy some milk, if you decide to wash your car, if you decide to mail a letter, I might tumbleweed upon a pant leg. You can stare and stare, but I can't be found. Susan has loosed me on the neighbors, a cold representative, the scariest face you could think of. Then there comes a section where other fictional black characters comment on the story um, that's happened so far. I'm not going to read all the poems of that section. I'm just going to read one. Uh, Uncle Tom and Heaven. My name is Mud. Let's get that out of the way. First, I am not a child. I was made to believe that God kept notes, ran a tab on the blows, so many on one cheek, so many on the other. I watched another black man pour from a white woman's head. I fear he'll live the way I did, a brute, a flimsy ghost of an idea. Both of us groomed to go only so far. That was my duty. I'm well aware of what I have become, a name children use to separate themselves on a playground doesn't matter to know I'm someone else's lie. doesn't help anything to tell you I was built to be a hammer, a war cry. Like him, nobody knew me. But in my prime, I filled the streets 
worried into the eardrum, scared up thoughts of laws and guns. How I would love not to be dubious, but I am a question whole races spend their time trying to answer. My author believed in God, and being denied the power to hate her, I watch another black man roam the land, dull in his invented hide. Then we're back to the guy. What I'm made of. Susan fills our hands with plain objects. Key, door handle, steering wheel. But my hands are nothing. A song you can't remember the words to. The button that pops off a vest. A comb that falls out of a pocket or purse. Susan fills my lungs with air. But what do I breathe out? Parchment, ink, low growls. The blank gap between words. Nothing fits upon my back. Nothing actually catches my eye. I am hidden and found. I am north, south, east, west. My dark skin, porous in between. Susan claims my name is muscle, bone, calls me tissue and sinew, fills in my blank with the absence of her boys. But I am water, pebble, silt and gravity, evidence under her nail. Next again. The black man in town, they thought looked like me, without the dreamed-up cap and wardrobe, the police have him now. He sits in a small room. They turn him this way and that. He'll cool there for hours. How do you think he feels? I whisper, we're innocent, into his ear. He looks so much like me, we could be brothers. Already, folks may have their doubts. He's poor enough. Where has he been? He has his needs. What do they know? Neighbors call him quiet, a new knot of stress on the tongue. It's been a hard week to be black in Union, South Carolina, a black woman tells a reporter. The whites aren't civil. They look at you and then reach over and lock their doors. Now he is it. Susan has lent me his cheekbones, his gait. For a while, he is as close as they'll ever get. Sympathy. The sheriff's too good to be true. He tries to urge Susan and me to part. He trusts a friendly cup of coffee will skim me loose, but we're hard to untangle. I won't be easy. We know his help is poison. He is courting us. We run a cold sweat while he waits. He is too good to be true. I am not for his ears, Susan knows. She tries not to weep. He attempts to lean towards us. We bob together in the god-awful silence. Two more. Confession. There have been days I've almost spilled from her, nearly taken a breath, yanked myself clean. I've trembled her coffee cup. I well under her eyelids. I've been gravel on her mattress. I am not gone. I am going to worm my way out. I have not disappeared. I have slide between her teeth, double her over as she tries not to blurt me out. The closer Susan inches me towards this, the louder the sheriff hears me bitch. 
And this is the last poem. It's a, it's a duet. First thing you're going to hear is lines that were lifted from Susan Smith's actual handwritten confession. And the response is the imaginary guy. Birthing. When I left my home on October 25th, I was very emotionally distraught. I have yet to breathe. I am in the back of her mind. Not even a notion. A scrabble cloth, the way a man lopes down the street. Later, a black woman will say, we knew exactly who she was describing. At this point, I have no language, no tongue, no mouth. I am not me yet. I am just an understanding. As I rode and rode and rode, I felt even more anxiety. Susan parks on a bridge and stares over the rail. Below her feet, a dark blanketed river. She wants to pull over herself, children and all. I am not the call of the current. She is heartbroken. She gazes down and imagines heaven. I felt I couldn't be a good mom anymore but I didn't want my children to grow up without a mom. I am not me yet. At the bridge, one of Susan's kids cries, so she drives to the lake, to the boat dock. I am not yet opportunity. I had never felt so lonely and so sad. Who shall be a witness? Bullfrogs? waterfall. When I was at John D. Long Lake, I had never felt so scared and unsure. I've yet to be called. Who will notice? Moths, dragonflies, field mice. I wanted to end my life so bad. And I was in my car, ready to go down that ramp into the water. My hand isn't her hand, panicked on the emergency brake. And I did go partway, but I stopped. I am not gravity, the water lapping against the gravel. I went again and stopped. I then got out of the car. Susan stares at the sinking. My muscles aren't her muscles, burned from pushing. The lake has no appetite, but it takes the car slowly, swallow by swallow, like a snake. Why was I feeling this way? Why was everything so bad in my life? Susan stares at the taillights as they slide from here to hidden. I have no answers to these questions. She only has me after she removes our hands from our ears. Thank you.